Welcome to the Quilter Circle Podcast. From piecing to quilting and everything in between, this podcast brings you tips and techniques from the experts and fun stories from quilters just like you. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Quilter Circle Podcast. I'm Ashley Huff, and today we have two special guests, mother-daughter duo Jen and Mary Canizaro. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Of course. So will you sort of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, I am Mary Canizaro, and I am the proud mother of Jen Canizaro, who is my partner and um, co-author. And I'm Jen Canizaro, the proud daughter of Mary, of course. Um, I am a software trainer by day and quilter by night and weekend. That's perfect. Okay, so then I'm, I don't want to assume anything, but I'm assuming, you know, one of you taught the other how to quilt. Maybe not. But so how did you guys first get into quilting? Who taught you? And sort of what's your first quilting memory? Well, I have no memory of it ever not being in front of a sewing machine, but uh, my mother and sisters all sewed. And the only time that the sewing machine was down was for Sunday dinner. Uh, but I learned to quilt from a, a, a woman in South Salem, uh, Teresa Fusco, in the early 90s and never turned back from that experience. Perfect. And Jen, did Mary teach you? She did. She did. Um, in the early 2000s, I was taking a week off from work and I was going to go visit my parents in New York. And when I got there, um, I don't know how this actually happened that we didn't talk about this before I got there. But my mom was going to quilt camp with a bunch of her friends and my father had been retired for two years, but took a job that week. So basically I went to their house to be alone. And um, that really wasn't my plan. So one of my mom's friends had to cancel and I had not done any quilting before. Um, when I was, when I was young, when my mother was sewing, the joke is she kind of put me in the corner with a thing of buttons and told me to sew my buttons and, you know, gave me a, a needle and thread and I threaded my, threaded my buttons. Um, but I took her friend's spot and that's really how I started quilting. Perfect. I love it. I actually, I have a three-year-old. I entertain him with scraps of fabric, not buttons, but okay, so I understand buttons. what she's doing. Try the buttons. I think, <laughs> well, I think that's a good idea. Maybe it's some fair. yarn. He can string those on there. Exactly. It's very good, small muscle control. And if you get a, a big enough needle with a blunt, tip. It's perfect. Hours and hours she spent. That's a great idea. <laughs> Love it. Well, so I have a question for you, Mary. So what was it that, that, uh, I guess took you from sewing to quilting? Cause I have, I started sewing first also before I got into quilting, my mom sewed first, she's the one that taught me and then got into quilting. So I think it's, it's interesting that a lot of people start sewing first before quilting. So sort of what was the catalyst to go from well, making well, the first uh, quilt that I worked on was a, a charity quilt for the local library. And a friend from the neighborhood and I went to do it. And we just loved it. We were meeting other people with common interests. And then the woman who was running it also taught at her house. And so we started going to her house once a week. And eventually, a few years later, she moved and the women who were coming to the house every week, started meeting on our own. We would rotate houses. And it's now, how many years later? 30 almost 30. Years, almost 30 years later. And we still meet. Well, now we're meeting on a Zoom meeting every Wednesday. And it's the same 10 women who have really? been doing this since the early 90s. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. They, we call them the birds. The birds? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, why? How'd that come about? 
I think someone said we should have a name, one of the women in the group, and she said, I have a birds of a feather. So now we're just the birds. So you do, you do stick we, together, right? No, we stick together through thick and thin and, and it's it's been a wonderful a wonderful relationship. And we sold our house and we were moving, but I could not move further than forty five minutes away because I was going back every Wednesday to sew. <laughs> That is amazing. I think if I told my husband we had to stay somewhere because I was meeting a sewing group, I'm not sure that would go over well. I don't think he would. Uh, oh, no. Joe didn't have a choice. <laughs> oh, no. It was well. I love it. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, so you cut, you alluded to this uh, in the beginning because you said you were partners and co-authors. So when did you two, I'm going to say, officially start working together? Not just you know a fun mother-daughter project, but make it sort of official work partners. So we started our business together. I think it was, it's coming up on six years and our business was, uh, we, we wanted to get a long arm and both of us had used long arms in the past. My mom uh, had rented time on a long arm and then was working in a shop. And then I also rented time on a long arm and I never really liked quilting on the domestic machine. Uh, I remember my mother asking me in January, did I want to put something in her show in May? And I had quilt tops done, but there was no possible way I could get it quilted by May because Mm -hmm. I just knew I wasn't going to do it. And, but the long arm was just so different. And there's a, a, a building about a mile from my house in Massachusetts that houses a, a number of artists. They turned it into artist spaces. It used to be a shoe factory. Okay. Um, so we found this space over there and it's perfect for a long time, a long arm. And you're surrounded by creative people doing all sorts of different things. Uh, my husband now has a studio there as well. He's, he's got a woodworking shop. So you're, you're surrounded by all these creative people. And, um, and, and we just started our business there and we got our long arm, which it doesn't have to be in either of our dining rooms. Uh, which is really exciting. Uh, and it's pretty close to home for, for me anyway. So that's, that's when mom starts commuting. <laughs> I commute two and a half hours to work. Oh, wow. But not every day, right? No, no. I, I'll go up for uh, three or four or five days. Okay. And then come back home. It's not okay. a guest room. It's mom's room. Uh, yes. Of course. That's, I think that's what every guest room really is. Yes. She shares it if somebody else is coming, but they have to. That's mom's room. Yes. So will you explain what your business is? Yep. So we, uh, we, we have a long arm, uh, a sewing machine and we quilt for other quilters. So our quilters are finished their quilt tops and we will do the sandwich and we will do all the quilting for them. So basically the finishing services for them. Uh, we do sell some fabric and we also do classes. So we've got a number of different classes. I'm trying to figure out what exactly we could do online right now because you know, things are, yeah. things are a little bit different. Uh, one that we're definitely not going to be able to do online though is our Shibori dyeing class. So, no. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's one that, that that's not possible. But we we got a second studio right next door to our first where we have a, it's called a wet room and mm-hmm. we painted the walls dark blue. So if dye gets on them, we're not even going to notice. And we do a shibori class, dyeing, dyeing different fabrics, um, dyeing scarves, that sort of thing. And we usually have that class about once a month. So we're we're getting anxious to get back to that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the writing of the book, whose idea was that and how did that come about? And of course, what is it called and all of that good stuff? It is, it's, we were trying to figure out exactly how did that come about. And (laughs) (laughs) 
we we chat quite a bit and we bounce ideas off one another. And um, I think it started because we had been given a few commissions to make T-shirt quilts. And the typical T-shirt quilt is to cut squares and put some sashing around them and put them next to each other and not terribly creative or inspiring to make mm-hmm. a t-shirt quilt. And so we had done a few of them, but realized that that was really not what we really were interested in doing. And when a customer asked us to make one for each of her three children, we thought this was the perfect opportunity to take the t-shirt quilts to, to a new level. Right. So we were away at a getaway for a weekend and we designed and made the first quilt, which was, um, a huge success. And we, I document everything I do. I take hundreds of pictures. And Mm -hmm. so eventually when it got to the point of writing the book, we had everything so well documented that we just had to pull it all together. And uh, Jen, what was our working title of our book? How to make t-shirt quilts that don't look like t-shirt quilts. I like it. That was was kind of the slogan. And we had, obviously it had to be better than that, but (laughs) but it gives you an idea of uh, what it was you were shooting for when it comes to t-shirt quilts. Cause I, the description that you just gave with the cutting squares and putting sashing, I think is the image that people uh, 99% of the time have in their head when they think t-shirt quilt. So how do you make them different? How, how did you design them to be different? Well, now our highest compliment is, I can't believe that's a t-shirt quilt. <laughs> and so we we knew that we needed to pick sort of basic quilting blocks to work with. And the first block that we chose was a friendship star. Mm-hmm. The, the t-shirts that we had were uh, a little boy's t-shirts and there was some really small ones in them. There was sort of some medium to large size ones. And so we had to combine those two. So we realized that a friendship star was kind of a good area to be able to fit designs into. However, we had to redraft it so that you weren't cutting up the pieces into small pieces. So we redesigned it so that the logos and the motifs would fit in the friendship star. And then the different sizes, we just created two different size blocks with the friendship star and it just came together. Perfect. Well, so that was kind of uh, a question I was going to follow up with, but you kind of already started answering it in in that how does the design process change because of the motifs of the t-shirts? And I guess if you end up with six different size motifs and now six different size blocks, how do you then put all that together into a cohesive quilt? Well, I think I, I think it kind of depends. Okay. <laughs> um, we've we've worked with a number of different shapes. One of the other quilts we did for again this this client, um, the her daughter's quilt, did have motifs of many different sizes, and we made different size stars. Uh, okay. I, what was it? Is it an Ohio star? No, it's not an Ohio star. Is it, Mom? What is it? Uh, with the square in the middle and the yes, <laughs> and the half square triangles. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's an Ohio star. The name oh, is no. escaping me right now. Uh, but because so we made a design really without the t-shirts at first, and just made sure we can get three different size stars into a really cool pattern of a quilt, and then the center square of each one of those stars ended up being a, a, a t-shirt or a logo or uh, one of the fabrics from the little girl's dresses. So I, I think it's um, it, it really depends on, on 
what you're given, as you said. And actually, uh, my mom was working on one, was it last week that you mailed me? Uh, The long arm is, again, in the Boston area, and my mom is in Connecticut. So with this quarantine, we've been mailing stuff back and forth. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mom made uh, a couple of t-shirt quilts, then mailed them up to me so I can quilt them, bind them, and send them out. And what we used hexagons in, in one of them. And I, I did not notice before mom, when you sent me the pictures that you actually use different size hexagons. I did. Yeah. I did. So, you know, again, just kind of coming up with a shape, something to keep the, the, the quilt cohesive, mm-hmm. but finding a way to fit them all together. So, right, right. and you've been given a finite number of shirts. So right. you, what you have is what you have to use. Right. Well, that was going to be another question. So you guys are just leading me all into my follow-up questions. It's perfect. Um, so do you, will you try and make the entire top 100% out of just what they send you? Or are you providing additional uh, complementary color quilting fabric? Yes. Usually okay. there is a complementary fabric that uh, pulls it together. And uh, sometimes there's you know just one shirt that is way out of line. It just doesn't work at all. And, you know, bright orange and everything else is, you know, muted colors. And so what I try and do is, you know, sort of basic um, design principles. You, if you have one thing that stands out, you need to add more of that color and then it will stand out. And so you might cut up the back of the t-shirt and add it to another block that's someplace else in the quilt so that the color flows throughout the quilt. Okay. I love it. Um, How do you... Uh, if someone has never made a t-shirt quilt before and is, you know, I don't know, looking at the t-shirt they're wearing thinking, well, this is really stretchy. This is nothing like what I'm used to sewing with. How do you start to finish? Like prep the shirts, cut the shirts, sew the shirts. What, what goes into working with t-shirt fabric? Okay. I could jump into that one. Um, so I, I, you do when, if you're starting a t-shirt quilt for the first time, um, you definitely want to be prepared. Uh, this isn't something that you're just going to cut up your t-shirt quilt and that sort of thing, or you're cut up your t-shirts anyway. Um, you do need to, to put a little bit of thought into it, you know, gather all of your materials together first. Now we definitely need to stabilize t-shirts because you, as you said, they're very, very stretchy and trying to sew a, you know, a, a stretchy material is just not something that's going to be fun. You're not going to, you're not going to get a, a good result. So there are a number of different stabilizers out there that we use. Uh, we will use just regular Pellon stabilizer. Um, I know uh, CNT has a great stabilizer as well um, that, that we've used. Um, and we've also used something called Terial Magic. Um, basically, you want to get the stretch out of the shirt. And right. that way you can cut it up and it will act just like a regular cotton. Mm-hmm. Um, so usually what we, we do first is take a look at it, decide how much of the shirt we need to use, you know, how big is your logo? Um, and we, this is probably one of those late night terms that we came up with. We call it filleting a t-shirt, um, <laughs> just because it's like filleting a fish, you know, you're cutting it up to make sure you get the most out of it. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then we had to try and figure out how you actually spelled fillet, uh, one L or two. <laughs> so, uh, anyhow, um, so basically you cut up your shirt to get the most bang for your buck and make sure that you can get your, um, it, as much of it as you need for your block. There's no reason you can't cut another piece off. If you're missing a corner, you can sew it together. You're not going to notice that there are seams if you need to make your, your, uh, motif bigger or your, mm-hmm. your logo bigger. Uh, and then you want to stabilize it. 
Um, just And you don't need to stabilize the entire t-shirt. You just need to stabilize the pieces that you're going to be using. Right. Right. Makes sense. Um, and then obviously I'm assuming you're using a fusible. Yes. Stabilizer. Okay. So then do you worry about, um, you know, what, this t-shirt maybe has an embroidered logo. This one is screen printed. This one is, I'm not even sure what, it, and putting your iron on top of those logos or how do yes. you work with that? Yes. You never put your iron on top of your logo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we recommend using a back of one of the t-shirts as a pressing cloth. It's, it, okay. it makes a great pressing cloth. And even when you're pressing your seams, we suggest that you put it down so that that iron doesn't go close to any of those logos. You know what mm-hmm. happens when mm-hmm. that gets, that iron gets too close. And yeah. it, it, it is sort of something that has to become a habit as you work. Oh, yeah. And as long as you get into the habit of using it, you have no problem at all. And the and once the t-shirt is stabilized, it's like using a regular piece of fabric. It you know, a hundred percent cotton. It's it's not going to stretch any longer. Uh, and we another product that we use is Terial Magic that Jen mentioned, and it's a spray. And we um, which also happens to have a very nice fragrance and sometimes t-shirt. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay. So it, how much you wash them. Sometimes they just don't smell good again. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I've got boys. I, I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Tyrael Magic has a very pleasant uh, fragrance and it's a spray, as I said, and you spray it on and you let it dry and then you press it and it has stabilized it enough so that it doesn't stretch anymore. Yeah. I've never heard of that before. Does that does that wash out of the fabric eventually? It does. That's what I was just going to say. If you okay. want, if you wash your quilt, it will wash out, and then it will be soft again. And so, it's you know, and, and you don't wash it out until after you've quilted it, because then yeah. you keep it stabilized, and it it comes out. It it's it also works on if you just put it on cotton fabric, you can put that fabric through the printer without any paper oh. on the back of it. So it's a really, and we use that. To begin with, when we had like two layers of T-shirts on a quilt, because you don't want to stabilize and stabilize layers because then T-shirt quilts get heavy enough. So we decided that if we could eliminate at least one layer of stabilizer, uh, it would help in the weight of the quilt. And that actually even worked on a little girl sweater dress that we included those stretchy little sweater dresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I couldn't believe how well it had, you know, a butterfly or something on it that we wanted to use. And we figured, well, you know, let's try. And it stabilized it enough. We quilted it down and it, you know, once it, once it's all together, it's, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was nice to be able to use something that was different. Yeah. I'm, I've written that down. I've never heard of that. That stuff sounds amazing. And now I really want to try it. Definitely to print something on it too. That would be, that yeah, would, it, sounds awesome. Great. And I think what we tried to do in the book was to include all of the possibilities because you have little children's onesies that have a zipper up the front and it's got this mm-hmm. cute little logo. And so you need to take that zipper out, sew the piece together, and then you have a motif, a motif that you can use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sam would be pleased I said that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, and how to fillet a onesie. I mean, there's probably more than a fat quarter of fabric. If you cut it properly, it's yeah. just a lot of fabric in these pieces. So um, we did have fun doing the filleting and figuring out how to, uh, you know, what gets cut where and what doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm, I have made a 
a little quilt out of uh, my son, who's now three, out of uh, his little tiny newborn little uh, onesies. So I, I'm going to have to read your book because I want to know your 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 fillet technique because I'm pretty sure I did not get as much fabric as I could have out of that. Definitely. You wouldn't believe how much fabric is in a sleeve too. Yeah, I think I just cut the sleeves off and was like, nope. <laughs> Yeah. Well, but, if you were just concentrating on the motifs, you probably did just fine. Sometimes you need that sleeve for the point of a star or yes. you know, to yeah. get it into a different place in the quilt to move that color around. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, I do a couple things, actually. So I definitely, um, like I said, I'm going to read your book and I think everyone should. If you are thinking about making a t-shirt quilt, but like you said, you don't want it to look like a t-shirt quilt. Um, But then also, because I've seen the front cover of it, it talks about other things that you can use, other items. What are those other items? Well, I I love using ties. Mm -hmm. Um, Ties are such an interesting fabric because if you take a tie apart, which we show you how to in the book, um, tie fabric has a very different scale of print if you mm-hmm. think about and, and placement of of the mo- of the design on a on a tie um it's very interesting to work with and and once you stabilize the same way that you stabilize a t-shirt it's again like using a piece of cotton so you don't need to worry about the silk stretching or or mm-hmm. thin um it, it works really well i've also used silk scarves the same way if, yeah you, you stabilize it and you can use it just like you do. So you, you want to get the fabric to the point where it's fabric that you're comfortable working with. Perfect. Okay. So I get for making it comfortable for working with in terms of sewing, but so I'm thinking of um, a silk scarf or a silk tie as a dry clean only item. Is that true? Or can you treat no. these, you know, well, the first, how do you- the, the first thing I do if I get ties to use is throw them in the washing machine. Okay. And if they make it through the washing machine, <laughs> then, they, then they'll be stable in your quilt. You don't take them apart first. You just throw them in. Okay. And, uh, because sometimes if a tie has stains, which also you'd like to get out, but if, if there's been stains and it's been dry cleaned quite often, a lot of times that fabric starts to shred. And you want to know that before you put it in a quilt. Yeah. Okay. So I, don't, I don't throw them in the dryer because it would just make a royal mess tangle. Uh, oh, yeah. Lingerie <laughs> bag helps even when you're washing them. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get a knot. So you, you want to know that your fabric is stable to move forward with it because you don't want to do. Well, like I did recently on one of the things that I did, I had printed some fabric probably 15 years ago before I knew anything about printing on a computer on the printer. And uh, I just found these pieces a couple of weeks ago. I thought, oh, I'm going to make a little quilt out of these pieces. I had done them with a friend of mine. And so I did it and I got the the stars together and I thought, Oh, I wonder if this is stable fact. <laughs> and I ran a scrap under the faucet. The color was gone. <laughs> Oh no. Well, that's going to be a really pretty wall hanging that no one ever touches. Right. But I I had been thinking of giving it the quilt to this friend's um, new granddaughter. Luckily I (laughs) first, so I maybe something in my head about stable, you know, making sure fabric is workable made me throw that in the, in the dish of water. Uh, So 
you know, you sort of have to pre-think those things when you're using fabric other than from the quilting shop. Perfect. Well, and I think that's a good tip even even if you're using your quilt shop fabric too. Make sure it's not going to shrink. Make sure the colors aren't going to bleed. Just in general, right. make sure all of your fabric is good. It's good. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Well, so then, um, Jen, since you do, sounds like most of the quilting on the long arm, well, how do right you... Well, in quarantine, I do most of the quilting. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm well, the only then, one that has access right now, so. Then this will be for both of you. But so like uh, when you're planning out how you're quilting, I'm going to say, so say you have a friendship star that doesn't have a motif or something in the middle of it. You're obviously going to maybe quilt that a little bit differently than if it does have that t-shirt, you know, that you're trying to highlight. So how does the the quilting design process differ or how do you think through, you know, what quilting is going to showcase the t-shirts and not you know, take away from them. I think that's exactly it. You, because a, a lot of the quilting that we do, we, there, there's certainly some quilts that we do, you know, kind of an extravagant job on, but a lot of times, you know, we don't, we don't want to take away from what, what a client has done. And the point of this t-shirt quilt really is that you wanted to showcase your shirts. Yeah. So really just finding a way to accent things. And if you did just have, you know, a, a regular star without that may, was made out of a t-shirt back to, to carry the color, you could, you could do some sort of really neat design in the middle of that star. Uh, to make it a little bit more exciting than just this plain blue star, uh, but we we try not to um, to to take over when it when it comes to the the quilting part. We want we want the t shirts to stand out the way they should. Right, Mary, did you want to add anything on that? Uh, no, I think that's exactly the way we approach all of our quilting. Many times, customers really look for our advice on what to do on their quilts and. Um, I, I do think sometimes quilts are over quilted and I hope that my ego wants the quilt to be the, the star, not the quilting that I yeah. did. Gotcha. And so it, it always complements the quilting, but doesn't outshine the quilt. That's perfect. Well, so then just a, a random side question. What are your thoughts on all over quilting versus custom quilting? And does it have a, you know, oh. is there... Oh, absolutely. It okay. has definitely has a place. Definitely. If, if you have a great design going and you uh, need certain areas custom quilted and, and highlighted, that's fine. But for, uh, you know, for a quilt that is just sort of a, uh, a bed quilt, that's just stars, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with overall quilting that, you know, the edge to edge is is perfectly fine, and and of course cost always comes into oh yeah yeah also for people you know you yep. custom quilt a queen size quilt and takes a little longer <laughs> yes takes a little longer costs a little more so yeah. yeah but we we try and you know we we definitely work with our clients and um, many people will just ask us to do something to to create something that we feel goes with the quilt. And I worked as a, uh, I had a, a drapery studio with my sister for many, many years and worked for decorators. And when the clients asked my advice and, and let me run with it, they always got so much more than if they wanted to design down to the last stitch. And I would certainly do that, but they didn't get the creativity that they should have had. Right. And so that's sort of the way I approach the quilting too. Absolutely. I, honest, I think that's a way 
that a lot of people who do long arm quilting for other people do that because especially if I'm sending you a quilt, I mean, I've obviously maybe just made it and spent, I don't know, weeks, months staring at this quilt day in, day out, but you haven't seen it yet. So you're, you're kind of like fresh eyes on it, fresh ideas for quilting. So I think that's a great, great thing to provide. So a uh, couple questions here. Um, what are you both currently working on? <laughs> kind of the same project. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So again, quarantine, um, we, we, my, my mom and I talk a lot. <laughs> I should probably okay. just put that right out there. Um, there we, we definitely uh, collaborate a lot on everything. And I mean, just in everyday life, we, we do chat pretty much every day. Um, we were looking on Instagram and uh, there's a quilter named Tim Natar. And she recently came to my guild and she also went to my mom's guild. And I was following her and she was making this amazing scrap quilt. So I, of course, said, Mom, have you seen this quilt? And she immediately said, I have to do that. And it's, she's using four inch squares, um, three and a half inch finished, and she's using all of her scraps and just basically doing diagonals, um, you know, with, with her scraps. And there's the, each square or each block is somewhat organized, um, but the quilt that she put together out of these blocks is absolutely amazing. So mom said, you know, oh, I have to do that. And then she decided that we're both going to do it together. <laughs> okay. Love it. And I didn't, I mean, I certainly am happy to do it, but it, that's kind of the way we work. One of us tells the other one, this is what we're going to do. And, and we go with it. Uh, so mom had all of the stabilizer at home that she wanted to use. So she, she cut up the, the squares and mailed them to me. And then I was a little bit annoyed because she got ahead of me because it took a couple of days for them to get here. Um, but we're both using our own scraps and we're making blocks. And, um, I think you, did you mail them last week? I think. Yeah. I think that, yeah. and I, I sent her 70 of them yesterday. Oh my goodness. And, okay. Yeah. This is kind of the, you know, put the computer aside after work and do 10 stars or do, do 10 blocks and, uh-huh. and put them aside. Uh, so I'm sending them to her and mom is going to trim them all down and put them on the design wall and, and start designing. So we're up to about, we're up to about 200. We need 500. I think something like that. If that's where we decide to stop. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm going to need to see a picture of this because I'm having a hard time visualizing the size now kind of with how many pieces. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. Timnas is absolutely amazing. If you don't follow her, she's, she's a great person to follow. Okay, and then we're going to, we have, we're going to get bios for both of you guys with links too. So if people want to, cause I'm sure you as a post pictures of yours as well. Right. right. Yes. Cause I really want to see it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We already know we want to hang this behind the long arm. <laughs> we already have the space where it's going to hang. So. Perfect. Perfect. Well, and I love that you say you, you, you just, you saw this, you know, scrolling through Instagram. Cause I think that's where 90% of my projects come from that are like currently still not finished. Cause I see something new and I'm like, Oh, I need to make that now too. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Perfect. And that's what quarantine does a wonderful job at finishing projects. Let me tell you. Uh, the title- Finishing, but also starting a bunch of new ones yes, too. Exactly. Yes. Well, starting uh, uh, the title of our newsletter this month was "What I Did on My Pen," what I'm doing on my pandemic vacation. <laughs> I and, like it. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, it was. It's going to exhaust you to read it. Yes. <laughs> I'll send you. I'll send you a link. Okay, uh, yes. My my neighbor said you must spend every waking hour doing this, and I thought, well, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> We also do jigsaw puzzles. So. Oh, perfect. I haven't done a puzzle in years. I have a three-year-old and a two-month-old. The pieces, oh. I wouldn't have all the pieces. They'd, oh, they'd yeah. be gone. They're going to eat they them. Yeah, <laughs> no, they're not sure. ready to do 
the puzzle yet. <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, so uh, I want to kind of end with a couple of questions that I think is good if, you know, somebody is just getting into maybe wants to make their first t-shirt quilt, maybe wants to make even just their first quilt in general, what is a good tip to either get them started? Uh, I want to say motivation, but maybe if they're intimidated on trying a t-shirt quilt or something because you have to treat your fabric a little differently, what sort of your tips to get them going? I think don't don't fear the unknown. Mm-hmm. Jump in and just learn how to do something the right way and keep things organized. And And the, the tip for any quilting, I always tell my students is nothing gets more square than that first square that you're doing. As you start with something that's not quite square, it's never going to get better. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> always try and be accurate. And, you know, I mean, certainly things get a little bit off, but if you, if you aim for accuracy, you'll get there 90% of the time. And I also think with, with t-shirt quilts, you, you need to take your time. There are some projects you can just jump in with two feet and just kind of go with it. It's not that you can't do that, but you need to realize that it's not just cutting up your fabric and start it and then you start to sew it together. There's going to be more to it. You know, you need to make sure things are stabilized and you need to take your time when you're doing it because you don't want ripples and that kind of thing when you're, when you're pressing the stabilizer, uh, when you're Mm -hmm. basically ironing the stabilizer to your, um, to your t-shirts. So I think taking your time, it's, it's not, um, it's not that it can't be a quick project. It's just, you don't want to, it's not one you're going to be able to slap together really quickly. Yeah, and I think what you did, starting with your your child's just small ones, start the project small. It doesn't have to be a queen size quilt. And um, yeah. one that I made for Jen, I took her little T-shirts from when she played basketball and uh, soccer, and, and I just took the numbers, and it's just oh, yeah. numbers from her shirts. Yeah, and so you know it. It was a simple design, but it, you know, it was, it was kind of cool with just the numbers that she wore. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a good thing uh, too. I mean, obviously we're talking about t-shirt quilts that don't look like t-shirt quilts, but if you are making your first one, you can absolutely just do, you know, the squares with sashing strips and keep it simple and then progress into a more complicated design. Absolutely. And maybe try and and make something in the center that's a little different and then do the, the squares around it. There's there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing squares or rectangles or whatever shape it is that you like. We just got bored. <laughs> so yeah. we needed to make it a little bit more exciting for us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can only do something, you know, so many times the same way before you want to change it up and try something new. Exactly. Perfect. Well, so I kind of want to finish with, uh, again, what is your book? Do you know when it's going to be coming out and when people can start looking for it and maybe where it's going to be available? We signed off on it on March 10th. It was due March 11th. <laughs> we had hours to spare. Perfect. Uh, and apparently July is the, the target date mm-hmm. and it's title. Beyond the Tea, Innovative T-Shirt Quilts. Awesome. Well, um, I'm very excited. Like I said, I'm very excited to read it. I definitely want to see um, how you guys fillet your shirts and all of your other <laughs> articles of clothing you use. And I just, I think it's great to see new ideas uh, with sort of an older technique sort of. Um, So I'm very excited to see that. And I want to thank you guys for being here to chat with me um, and share all of your fun quilting tips and stories. Well, thank you. Thanks for having us. 